0: Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with
1: Joe Netsch on Live 95. Even if you're a 29-year-old person on say 30,000 you can still put in 15% and get the full 15% if you're on 40% tax every 100 euros you put into your pension the government is going to give you back 40 euros it's a fantastic um, investment the actual pension is but this is like 1.5% is a drop in the ocean, in 3 years time uh, you'll have it up to 3% and then 4.5% and then finally after 10 years you get 6% the you, your employer pays 6%, and then the government pays 2%. That's a total of 14%. 14%. It's still not enough, but it's better than a slap in the face or a drop in the ocean. Uh, and bear in mind that you can opt out. If you're an employee, you can opt out uh, after six months, but you'll be automatically re-enrolled after two years. So you've also then got a maximum cap of 80000 So if you're on 85000 um the employer and uh, the government will only pay up to 80000
2: yeah, That's uh, our friend the money doctor, John Lowe. He was chatting to us a bit back when the government pension scheme was first announced and the details for the new auto-enrolment pension have been approved now by the government, expected to be introduced from 2024 and will affect over 750,000 workers across Ireland including here in Limerick but the exact details of the scheme and how you might be affected by it well Thomas Fitzgough is with us financial advisor with First Choice Financial Services in Limerick and he is in the studio uh, right now and you're very welcome good morning to Thomas how are you doing? Good Um, Joe thanks for having me. So we heard a, a summary there but other details have been worked through and now announced by the government haven't they?
0: Yeah, so just this week, Heather Humphreys came out and announced the bill and how it's going to affect people. So it's just going for um, legislative... Uh, approval and it's hoped that it will be coming to force from 2024. So I would say this is good news for people who are not currently in a pension. So this will affect all employees who are not already in an occupational pension scheme aged between 23 and 60 and earning over 20000 across all employments per annum. So really what the state are trying to do here with the auto-enrolment bill is to when a employee contributes into the pension, they will get matching employer contributions
2: and a top-up then from the state. Uh, what, so I mean, in simple terms, if um, the employee puts in three euro, correct. what happens?
0: So, uh, with an employee contributing three euro, uh, their employer will then contribute three euro and it will be topped up by a euro from the state. So. From, from that, they will actually be getting €4 euro for the €3 euro they pay into their pension. So, this is really trying to catch people who are not in an occupational pension scheme at the moment. Quite a few of them around the country. A lot of people are reliant on the state pension, which for a single person is €253.30 per week which is really just enough to survive for people. So really, they're trying to supplement their income with a contribution from both themselves, their employer, and the state.
2: Now, some older listeners may well remember that there was a state saving scheme at one stage introduced by then Minister for Finance, Charlie McCreevy. It was a time when we thought the state was awash with money and it turned out we were wrong about that but anyway that was in the future at that stage but that proved to be very successful it was SSIAs didn't it? That's correct Joe the SSIA
0: uh, was very beneficial to people and anybody that saved in the SSIA done quite well out of it with the top up from the government so it was a great incentive to get people saving so this is really what the current government are trying to put in place is to incentivise people that aren't currently in pensions to put money away for the
2: future. I think that scheme again was, was Three euro you put in, and you got a euro. It was 25% essentially top up. Now, the big problem was that when it was released. And it then, unfortunately, prime-pumped the economy at exactly the wrong time, didn't it? Because lots of people started spending um, maybe more than they would otherwise have instead of reinvesting it. And that you know, was one of the contributing, many contributing factors to the exactly. financial crash, wasn't it? Uh, this is different, though. It's a longer-term one.
0: This is a long-term saving. So it's really getting people to invest in their future. Because it, for anybody that it stops working tomorrow... They need to supplement their income. If they're on a salary, whether it's 20,000, 30,000, the current state pension will give you up to 13,000 per annum. So, really, you're trying to supplement that,
2: that you have a, a good standard of living in retirement. Now, you mentioned occupational pensions that people may already be on. Will they definitely be better than this scheme? In other words, is there any point switching to the scheme when it kicks in in 2024? Well, it, it
0: depends on what uh, marginal rate of income tax you're on. So if you're currently on 40%, it, you're disadvantaged by going into this scheme. If you're on a 20% income tax rate, you may, it may be uh, good for you insofar as you're going to get a 25% top-up with your employer contribution and a state top-up on that. But you will currently in the landscape out there, a lot of employers are putting occupational pension schemes in place as a staff benefit for retention of staff.
2: And is some of it to do with anticipation of what's coming down the line anyway? Yes, their future... Companies are future-proofing themselves. They know
0: auto-enrolment is coming. We're the only country in the OECD out of 37 countries at the moment that do not have a mandatory or auto-enrolment scheme in place. So it's something we really have to look at. And from a government's point of view, there is uncertainty around the state pension. Currently, you have to be aged 66 to receive the state pension. And that's being supplemented by the workforce... We currently have about five. Uh, working people to every one person over age 66, but that is changing in the future. It's looking like by 2035 we could be looking at three working people for every one person in retirement and then by 2055 we're looking at two people working for every one person in retirement. So is the state pension is it sustainable into the future is a big question Mark.
2: We're chatting to Thomas a uh, financial advisor with First Choice Financial Services in Limerick and it's somebody like you I suppose uh, who will be giving individual advice to people. But you mentioned in general that if you're on the 20% tax rate, it might be suitable if you are on a pension scheme now to switch to this new state-backed scheme. Will it be difficult to do that and to bring your, your money across? Or Well, we're unsure of the finer
0: detail at the moment, Joe, but uh, it will have to be adaptable to people who are currently... Funding privately for their own pension, if they're not receiving employer contributions, there will have to be something put in place to allow ease of transfer of existing
2: benefits into the new government backed scheme. And talk to me about the different ages. So, let's say you're in your mid 20s, your mid 30s, your mid 40s, and maybe your mid 50s. Um, is it still worth if you're in your mid 50s, in the way it might be in your mid 20s, to take part in this new scheme? Well,
0: I think anybody putting some money into pension makes sense because you do get um, an option of taking 25% out tax-free at the point of retirement. Also, as I said before, you're trying to supplement your retirement income with an extra pension pot there. So it does make sense, but without a shadow of a doubt, the earlier you can start contributing into a pension, the more sense it makes because really for somebody in their 50s, if they've missed 20 to 30 years of their working life not contributing into a pension, they are are playing catch up but you would hope to think that they're in a better personal circumstances with hopefully surplus income maybe paying at a higher rate of tax so it still makes a lot of sense for every for somebody under higher rate of tax for every hundred euros they put put into a pension it actually only costs them 60 euros because they're getting 40 percent income tax relief
2: so it is very beneficial as a tax efficient way of saving for retirement If you're working in the public sector, this won't need to apply to you. I mean, they have probably the best type of scheme available in Ireland.
0: Yeah, it won't affect uh, public sector workers. Really what the government are trying to do is there's about 750,000 people that don't currently have a private pension or an occupational pension scheme. And this is really trying to anybody in that position to try and get them to start saving for the future this this happened about 20 years ago in Australia and we've seen a lot of developed uh, world following suit in this and it really gets people having a bit of ownership about their own retirement and planning
2: for their future hmm. I mentioned the former Minister for Finance Charlie McCreevy and it's something else that he introduced in anticipation of what was likely to happen with demographics that you mentioned earlier was the National Pension Reserve Fund again it was all about building up a firewall Wall, wasn't it against the reality of fewer people at work and more people retired and depending on the state the problem with it was that it was raided wasn't it during the financial crash and so they've tried to slowly do something else now
0: Yes, they're looking at alternatives to it. Uh, Pension pots were raided in the past, as was the reserve fund. So in times of crisis, things like this will happen. But it's really the onus is back on individuals to not rely on the state and put something in place for themselves. Mm.
2: Talk to me just a little about the non-contributory pension. We hear about the old age contributory pension quite a bit. What is the story with the non-contributory pension?
0: so currently uh, the way it works is for the contributory pensions based on tax you've paid in the past PRSI or stamps as people like to call it whereas the non-contributory pension is means tested so contributory uh, private pensions occupational pensions do not come into it it's just if you have worked for a certain amount of time but if you do not have enough uh, stamps for the contributory pension then you are looking at a means tested scenario and I suppose This can change
2: depending on the... Sorry. No, no, that's fine. And and I'm just wondering about the stamps thing that you mentioned for the Contributory Pension. Just explain a little bit about that and how many stamps or years of stamps you need.
0: You, you'd really need to contact uh, yeah, I know it is the Revenue Online. It, it yeah. changes uh,
2: constantly,
0: so it, it, you really need... But you can I... go
2: and check, can't you,
0: on you Revenue can... Online, how many stamps you've built up. It's a very good system, the Ross system. So if you go into myaccount.ie, you can actually query there, and we would always advise people, the closer they're getting to retirement, they need to check on what they have built uh, up and what their entitlement
2: would be for the state pension. Right, because it, it depends on... If you haven't hit the full level required, you're... Your Pension to you, regardless of what the, over, the, the headline figure is, could be a bit less. It could be reduced if you don't have enough years, exactly. The, the other thing that seems to annoy a lot of pensioners is that they wonder about the tax they have to pay on all of this, don't they? On an ongoing basis. I mean, you mentioned, for example, you can get 25% tax-free of your private pension pot, but I think you only get one opportunity to do that, isn't there? when it is drawn down?
0: That's correct. So after you take your 25% tax-free lump sum out of your pension, any income drawn down in your pension then is taxed at your marginal rate. Now, after age 65, you do have uh, a better tax landscape insofar as two married uh, married individuals can earn up to 36,000 after age 65 with no tax implications at all so that's 18,000 per individual so it is a more favourable uh, tax scenario for people after age 65. So a lot of people's income, if you're currently age 60, say, and you're paying 40% income tax, depending on your uh, the size of your pension fund, a lot of your pension income will be drawn
2: down at the lower rate of tax as opposed to currently paying it at the higher rate of tax. Okay, but depending on how much you earn overall, you could end up uh, paying tax on the state pension as well, couldn't you?
0: Yeah, depending on depending your on overall drawdown.
2: Yeah. So all income is
0: treated for tax purposes. Yeah.
2: So to some degree, if you're over 65 and you want to keep working, you almost need to watch your income level, don't you? Well, the state have put something
0: in place now that will allow people to continue working up to age 70, deferring the state pension, and it will allow from age 70 actually having a higher weekly pension from the state. Right, And we see a lot of this. People at age 65, 66 want to continue working. They enjoy working, uh, they want to continue working as long as they can and so the state is allowing for this for people to retire at a later age with a higher
2: income. So finally it's clear that the government is hoping through auto-enrolment that people initially won't bother to opt out and and that it'll become part of because this is progressive. It's not being done all in one go. It's been built up over a number of years that people get so used to it that they will eventually go, "Ah, oh, there's no point opting out. That's the idea, is it? That's
0: correct. So it's a voluntary opt-out system at the moment. You will remain in the system for the first six months. Then you can opt out. But after two years, they will put you back into the system again. You will stay within it for another six months and then you can opt out again. But what I would say to anybody, especially younger people starting out in employment for the first time, it is the opportune time to start paying into a pension because if if you're paid on a weekly or monthly basis, if that pension money is going out of your wages and you can live on the wages you're receiving, straight away you're ahead of a lot of people who haven't started a pension and have delayed paying into a pension. So, you know, seek good independent financial advice review it but at the end of the day you're, it's your
2: future you're saving for and a smaller amount going in in your 20s or early 30s for example has much more impact than a lot going in in your late 40s or 50s without
0: a shadow of a doubt yes without a shadow of a compound interest over the years the more you can save the younger you are uh, it definitely impacts it
2: And finally, I mean, you mentioned Australia, for example, where they've been doing this. Clearly, the government have looked around the world and seen that this system is effective.
0: Yes, it's been a great success in Australia in particular. Uh, a lot of younger people are very much engaged in pension planning themselves.
2: They buy into the whole system
0: so they can see the value of putting money away for their
2: own future. Yeah, one other general question, uh, Thomas, I mean, because you and your colleagues will be looking at all of this. Like, What is your sense of where people are at um you know the pressure on households, the pressure on small businesses going into this winter with everything that's happening locally, nationally, and globally.
0: Yeah, look, it's tough times out there for everybody. The cost of living is uh, affecting everybody on a daily basis and I do think that is one thing that needs to be considered with this auto-enrollment bill that for people maybe that are struggling at the moment, if they're trying to get uh, on the property ladder or or have young kids and childcare fees and everything like that, can they afford 3% or 6% of their salary on an annual basis? So this is definitely something that needs to be considered. What I would say is a lot of employers out there at the moment have are, are contributing into pensions and not making it mandatory on the employees to also contribute. So this is a very good benefit and I would Encourage anybody that has an occupational pension scheme to review the scheme, have a look at what their employer will put in place for them, and it may cost them nothing to save for their future.
2: Okay, all right. Well, listen, uh, great to see you. Thank you very much for all the excellent uh, expert advice there. That's Thomas Fitzgough, uh, financial advisor with First Choice Financial Services in Limerick.
0: Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live ninety five.